Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of But Where Were You From? And today we have Michael Lamb and Michael Trung on the podcast. I actually listened to their podcast ages ago when I was thinking about starting my own podcast and reached out to them and said, hey, I love your podcast. It'd be great if we could do something together um, when I start my own podcast. And now we finally made it work and it's been so nice because they've been so supportive with the petition. Uh, They've shared it on their own podcast and also their socials and they're just two really great guys. And we had a really nice chat and some laughs talking about... um, Everything really. We talked about obviously COVID, racism, fetishization. Um, we talked about lots of things, and it was just such an easy and lovely conversation to have with these two guys. So I hope you enjoy this week's episode. I am going to have more guests on the podcast. So if you want to suggest anyone that I want to get in touch with, then please feel free. We've got some really cool guests coming on, actually. So I'm very much looking forward to um, speaking with people because sometimes just chatting by myself can be a little bit lonely, you know, because I'm just in my room by myself. So I now need to edit this podcast and upload it as it's Sunday. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. I hope you're all doing really well. I have loved listening to people's Instagram stories speaking in Cantonese or Hakka. It's been really nice to actually speak with other people who can speak Cantonese and just practice it a bit more. And it's amazing just to see more and more people sharing Instagram stories of them speaking Cantonese or Hakka. I think it's really cool. So if you haven't joined in, then please feel free to film an Instagram story of you just chatting in Cantonese. I think it's awesome to see and I'm going to try and do it more because I really enjoy it and it's a good way for me to practice speaking Chinese because God knows I need the practice. Anyway, have a great day and enjoy the podcast episode. (laughs) Sorry about that, guys. (laughs) You saw me running around like a headless chicken. All good. We've done it many a time on our pod. It's yeah, just yeah this, pretty much standard the tech side of this i'm not a fan of in the slightest so like michael lamb i feel mm. you on that because yeah, it's just i like the talking i don't like doing the actual then like have actually i don't mind it but like when i first started mm. trying to edit it and mm. stuff i was just like what the fuck is going on i didn't realize it was so much yeah. work <laughs> yeah pretty <laughs> much standard this. see when i when we first started the podcast i thought it would be a great time for me to learn this sort of stuff mm. but then mt knew all, it, all of it already i was just like oh, okay well you might as well then it's quite smart in a way because you've just like outsourced it delegated to mt outsourced it to chinese workers work it, smart exactly exactly i need to do that i need to do that because it's just it's just me trying to pull everything together but um it's, it takes way more time than anticipated and yeah, because I've listened to some really shitty podcasts too that just don't really... I mean, mine, mine is not great. Like, I started off on my Apple earphones as like the mic before I then bought an actual microphone. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the quality is very different. It is very different. It is very different. So, well, thank you for coming on the podcast. Uh, do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Yeah, do you want to go first? Um, yeah, I'm Michael. I'm one half of Respect the Mic podcast, and um, yeah, that that that's. There's more to I'm, you than that. What else do you do? What's your job? Yeah. Like, where do you live? <laughs> um, no, 
not, you know what? It's too early in the morning to be like really, um, like a, a gassing myself He's up. Shy. You know what? All right, I'm, I'm just shy and I'm humble. Um, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. bang out, just bang uh, out what you had on your Tinder profile before you got with Rakea. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm an actor. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I've been acting for about like eight years. Um, that's really the my my sole mm. um purpose in life. But uh, yeah, I have um other jobs as well just to fund the dream. Mm. But yeah, that's uh phenomenally. Um, I've been quite lucky to to you know be on stages. Um, be in the newspapers for yeah. you know uh theatrical uh plays. So it's been uh yeah, it's been amazing. Over to you, Michael Lamb. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I'm Michael. I'm the other half of Respect the Mic podcast. Um, I don't know. What can I say about myself? Um, what do you do? I live in London. Yeah, you both Been live in London. My whole life. Yeah. Yeah. We were neighbours um, when we were younger. Um, we lived mm. like literally about a minute away from each other. Mm. Um, so yeah, I do digital marketing. I do SEO. Um, been doing that for about four years. Um, and really started the respect the mic podcast just because i felt there wasn't really a lot of voices um within the Br- british asian community and mm. um, so that was something i really wanted to change i just sort of feel like there's so many different stories and um cultures that we can shout about and scream about um but we just don't hear enough of it so we kind of yeah. wanted to use this as a platform to to kind of raise up that east asian voice and just kind of celebrate anything that's that's really east asian yeah, I love it. I mean, I found you guys way before, you know, like lockdown. I think there was a surge of podcasts, including my own. And then I think I, I started listening to yours because um, I, I was looking for something, I think, during lockdown. I was like, oh, why why are there no British East Asian voices um, in any space? And then even like the podcast space. And then like I started listening to you guys. And I think you guys are like the OGs in terms of like British born Chinese podcasters yeah. <laughs> uh, oh i appreciate that you know? <laughs> i really appreciate that i'm hearing that no it's gas levels yeah no i love it and it really i think it was like one of the first ones that inspired me to to really kind of like well i want to bring more representation to to the space um so yeah i really enjoyed listening to your podcast and it's quite different yeah. because obviously you guys come from the south like there's quite a lot of I think like it's really interesting because we have lots of shared cultural understandings with each other in terms of our Asian side but then in terms of our British side I think like it's a bit different in that way um in terms of like the way our accents like our culture mm. and everything like that and it's just quite interesting just hearing different perspectives on thing and how you guys mm. talk yeah definitely mm. well so um with starting the the podcast I mean I think that's really what we wanted to see we wanted to mm. Um, start a podcast and then see what would become of it so it's really great to see that there's so many other sort of east asian podcasts coming about more east asian talent coming through um so that's something we're really happy about we just think there should be more of this like in the space mm. um so it's great that it sort of kick-started something yeah um Definitely. in terms of like what the east asian community is like over here in the south and in london particular mm. um i don't know i suppose it's it's um because it's quite easy to find sort of East Asians within the community, like where we live, oh, really? sort of Deptford, New yeah. Cross, there's just a massive sort of Asian community. So it's weird. We never really felt kind of like alone, I guess, mm. um, in terms of, oh, there's not enough, enough of us around. 
That's that's so interesting because I feel like it's it's the op- opposite for me, and I think it, yeah. it's very much down to your environment and where you live. Like where I'm from is very white suburbia, <clears throat> and only I would say only recently I've discovered my community, and it's been online. It's through just like chatting to you guys and just mm. like loads of people from Instagram, and we've all kind of managed to find each other. But I felt quite siloed before. Um, so yeah. you guys grow- growing up, you've always had like East Asian friends and. Yeah, yeah, I think. Well, I was just going to say because we have a Chinese school on the Saturdays, and then that was kind of like really the place where all the Asians would gather together, and then you sort of make your cliques and sort of make your friends from there. Mm. Like a lot of my um, lifelong friends have been from that Chinese school Mm. and have been from from that sort of community. Yeah. So, did you guys graduate at all from Chinese school? How How is your Chinese now? (laughs) Boy, (laughs) I jumped in and I joined. Uh, like year two so at the time I was like 16 and uh, everybody else in the class was like between seven and ten and uh, (laughs) yeah I never graduated from that class oh I know well I'm the same like I went for like like since I was a really young age I don't think I ever passed anything I don't think I got any form of like qualification from it did you have to do tests every week as well like memorize like a poem or something or a story yeah, we did Everywhere. tests and then at the end of the year they would like have a mean average of all of your tests and there'd be like a final test as well. Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> and then at the end of it there would be like this sheet to say whether you passed or not or went to the next year. <laughs> yeah. It was really it was full on, man. It was like a proper legit Yeah, school. it was a it was a bad time, man. It was a real <laughs> bad time. I, I, I don't I, I don't think I learned any much Chinese from from there apart from really um that there was a like a, a Chinese alphabet for for, for sounding it out. So oh, is that? For, yeah, 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 like yeah, Pinyin. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, was, yeah. We, we did we did Mandarin, um, so it wasn't Cantonese. Oh, you you oh right okay. So so do you guys mm. know more Mandarin than Cantonese then? So. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, because well, I speak Cantonese to my parents, right? Okay. So I spoke more of that, and then yeah. every time I went Chinese, school, I was like, "Mom and Dad, why am I learning Mandarin? I don't even speak it at home." Mm. And they'll be like, one day you understand. And I never understood why I had to <laughs> I learn it. Understand. So, I, so I, was just, I was just never committed to learning it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I kind of regret it now. I wish yeah. I learned it more. But... I know. I, I really <laughs> yeah. regret it now. It's one of, now that I've like tried to, like, I've had some clients based in China. And then, like, I feel so bad that they look at me and they're like, oh, my God, she's Chinese. And then I'm like, yeah. hi, yeah, you're right. Can we speak in English? Because <laughs> yeah. I don't understand anything you're saying. It's... Just lay it on. Lay it on think and let them know, I don't know Chinese. <laughs> Listen to the accent. <laughs> Listen. But one time I did actually try, like, for some reason, like, it was, a, I was pitching to a client that were based in Guangdong so they could speak Cantonese. And that's, like, what I speak at home. And so I was like, I know Cantonese. And she was like, okay, then, so let's conduct this business meeting in Cantonese. I was like, fuck, 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 fuck. And I was on a um, <laughs> phone call and I was working from home that day. And then I was like, like put at her on mute. I was like, Mama, Mama, come downstairs. Can you translate for me? Because it was like business words that I would never, ever know. Like media yeah. space. I work in marketing. So so I was like trying to like understand all these things that she was saying. Um, and then after a while, I was like, sorry, uh, I'm doomed. Gee, I'm really sorry. But come and go back to speaking English, please. Because I don't know what's going on. I can't answer. That's a backtrack. Yeah, that's a backtrack. <laughs> Yeah. It's quite brave of you to to actually decide to do it in Cantonese though. If it was me, I would have been like, let's just do it in English. 
I didn't decide. She kind of too many technical terms. Yeah, there is too many technical terms. Like I realized that my Chinese only goes to like conversationally, just like have you have you eaten yet? What are we eating? Like basically all food based. Yeah. (laughs) Have you have you ever played that um, word association game? Um, It used to be on TVB. Where in Chinese, and you have to say a phrase, and then someone has to carry on that phrase using the last letter. So it was like TVB got B, B day got day. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I remember that. (laughs) It's really fun. And then me and my Chinese friends, we tried to play it, but we kept just naming like food items. So we were just going round and round, like just naming like things for the dim sum menu and like the takeaway menu. (laughs) I don't think I don't think I ever had the balls to even try it. I mean, just the thought of it sounds. Terrifying. <laughs> sure. Well, yeah, we've got I'm a new segment. Cut, I'm joking. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I find my call is suddenly disconnected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a short podcast record. No, I did I did consider like, do I have like a segment? Um, but then I d- I also I don't want to alienate people who don't speak Chinese as well because I know there's quite a few Asian people who just completely just don't speak it at all. And I yeah. think it almost kind of, um, I don't know, very mindful that like, it doesn't make you less Asian just because you can't speak that language. Like we grew up in different countries, different cultures. Like, of course, we're not going to be able to speak our languages like fluently. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is a bit of a shame. I mean, when I was younger, I was just kind of, I just want to speak English, mum, mm. And I'd never really wanted to, to speak a lot of Cantonese. Um, mm. And it wasn't even, it wasn't until I was like in my late teens and in my early 20s that I thought, oh man, I really missed an opportunity here by not speaking enough Cantonese. And then now I'm like, I'm at a stage where it's kind of more difficult to to practice it just because now I don't live with my parents. Mm. Um, My fiance is Vietnamese, so I don't really get Mm. the opportunity to speak as much Cantonese as I should. Yeah. Yeah. So, so don't worry, man. We can, we can run an episode of Respect the Mic fully in Cantonese. Yeah. It will just be like, how are you? What's the time? <laughs> have, you, have you done Have you done the dishes yet? What's for dinner? <laughs> we um, there's been the trend going round where uh, this um this is uh, influencer called um Shu, uh, it's Chinese, British born Chinese, and she um started speaking in Cantonese on her Instagram stories. So then I was like, I want to give this a go and just see whether like I can actually string a full sentence together in Cantonese. Um, off the cuff and so like there's been quite a few people actually doing it and now like um Cantonese and like Hakka speakers are like um putting riddles out there in Cantonese try- in their own languages try to get people to like encourage them to do it as well and then since then Car- Carly who is my friend she started a discord group for like British born or anyone really who wants to learn how to speak Cantonese and Hakka for people to just practice it which I think is really yeah. cool because like I don't speak it that often like you said like I only speak it to my mum and then my 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 auntie um and then yeah. apart from that very rarely do i get to ever practice it so it's actually quite nice to be able to do that um and speak it with other people who understand english as as well that's quite good how do you think it's gone do you feel um do you feel more confident or more fluent or i think i picked up way more like terms that i didn't know like just like apparently the word for community is oh shit what is it it's, Serquan, Serquan. Like, I remember okay. it as like right dress. That's how I remember it. Um, like, words like okay. that, like, people have like said to me, and then um, I've just like retained in my head, which I just didn't know before. So, I actually think just like practicing it really just does help, actually. And just like, 
yeah, having listened to it and being more absorbed in it, because I think a lot of like um, BBCs learn it from like watching dramas, like Hong Kong dramas and stuff like that, yeah. listening to Hong Kong music and stuff. Um, so I think it definitely does help. I yeah. think uh, my uh, in terms of Cantonese, mine's probably the worst out of like all of our circle of friends. And oh, really? um, uh, my my Mandarin is on a, a actually actually a level that's like it's uh, better than my Cantonese only because. Oh. Like I, I dated a um a Chinese girl for like uh, four years, right. so like I picked up so much Mandarin mm. uh, then. But yeah, I would never ever say yeah yeah I can speak Chinese. I can speak Chinese. Yeah, <laughs> without confidence. But do you have it on I your CV know. though? Like if you if you like go for a job, you know, you know what I saw I saw a meme going around um about like Chinglish speakers. Um, and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to remove it from, <laughs> I, I, I started removing it from everything. I was just like, nope, nope, nope. I don't even, I can speak it on like a, a not even a, a primary school level. So I was yeah. just like, nope, I'll just English. <laughs> Did you find that like, I don't know whether, obviously, um, I know um, MT, you, you, you work in like acting stuff like that, but being in an office like um, Michael, because do you find that like um, people look to you as like oh i want to know what this word is in chinese and then they look to you to be like do you know it and then i I set the bar straight as soon like during the interview process that question happens like oh do you speak mandarin or cantonese and i was just firm like no don't come to me for any of that (laughs) so i just like set it straight from early on um so i haven't but in the past i've been um aware that that could happen so Mm. that's why I always just try and say, don't come to me. But luckily we have an APAC team and there's, we have loads of like fluent Chinese speakers. Yeah. Yeah. So they just go to them. Oh, you're, I'm, you're I'm, way more I'm just a whitewashed, yeah, I'm just a whitewashed Asian guy <laughs> in the office. <laughs> what about you? Have you ever come across that? Yeah, yeah, it happens all the time. Apparently mm. I've, got, um, I've got a really Chinese face. So um, <laughs> any, well, any, any... I mean, yeah, you yeah. are Chinese. I mean, it would happen. No, but like... like <laughs> No, you know, you know, you know when you can you can tell the difference between like a Japanese, a Korean, a Chinese. But apparently, my face is like dead on Chinese, like unknown. Like whenever a, a, a you know a foreigner who's who's from China sees me, they immediately run up to me and say, "Ah, Jungo-ren-ma, That's so funny. Why why do you think that is? Because what what makes you like look more Asian? Like, do you know what I mean? Um, no, no, no clue at all. But apparently, yeah, it's like there's no way to dispute it. I am 100% Chinese, like they, without a doubt. Like they, they beeline, they make a beeline straight for me. Um, and there's a, there, there have yeah. been other like Orientals around me. Can we say that anymore? Sorry, there have been other yellow yeah, people. Yeah, we don't say that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there have been other yellow people um, uh, around me. But yeah, it, it would be me. That they run straight to and and I get interrogated mm. and it's like oh can you speak Chinese are you Chinese and uh, mm. I'm very uh, disappointingly saying no oh <laughs> I no I bring shame but on the family there's, sorry. there's like sorry. so much shame involved oh <laughs> I know I, I've had it where like I've been mistaken for like well pe- I don't know why people just like I don't know why people think it's okay to just assume you are a certain race of like of any of any kind of um ethnicity but like I've had it once when I was when I used to live down in London and I, I was in this restaurant uh with my friend and then um I was like inside and then I saw this like Asian guy I don't, he I don't know where he I didn't know where he was from and he kept like looking at me he was outside looking into the restaurant staring at me and I was like 
to my friend, I was like, that guy is like really intensely looking at me. And then he came into the restaurant, walked all the way into the restaurant, up to my table. And then he just went, Thai, do you speak Thai? Thai? And I was just like, <laughs> no, no. Like, I, I was really like, I was really, really freaked out. And then I all, I, I kind of felt bad then. Cause I was like, maybe he's just, he doesn't know anyone over here. He's trying to yeah, find yeah. someone that he can speak his language. Cause he might need help or something. But I was just like, mate, you just assume that I, I'm like, from thailand like but i've had that quite a lot where people go oh you don't look chinese you look more filipino or you you look um you look like you're from thailand and it's almost like well like how is that okay for us to say that about yeah. one another like you look like more this or that like we're, we're yeah. so broad like chinese people we're so there's so many of us like there's no like set like prototype in terms Definitely. of how we look and because China is such a massive region as well, massive mm. country, you're going to get differences from the north and the south and east, west. Mm. But yeah, I've had I've had the same thing. I've been called so many different things, everything <laughs> ex- everything except Chinese, which is kind of like what's going on. <laughs> I only laugh because uh, there's a time where we were at university together, and someone uh, mistaken him for a Bulgarian. Oh, really? Yeah, that was a weird one. <laughs> I think I think it was because I was slightly ill, and I must have been really like pasty, <laughs> and my and my lips were like a weird color. Right, oh, Gary, weird. So not even not even the same continent. No, no, that's but, but it is true though. But from from yeah, from China, you can you can be so many like uh, different features in terms of like what you might associate a Chinese person uh you know what they look like and mm. you know if you're from the north and you're from the south yeah. um, you, you know you might be shorter you might be taller you might be darker skin mm. um you know you live closer to the if, you know you could be an Uyghur muslim um and they you know some of them look very very like your generic chinese features but um i think over time we are just mixing um you know the genetic pool so yeah we could literally have features from from anything yeah yeah have you have you seen those um tiktok videos going around of those like really cool looking chinese people from china in their outfits and that music that yeah, goes yeah, over yeah. it Have you yeah, seen? yeah yeah that really intense kind of yeah cool music yeah i've seen that. and they're looking like I'm, so I'm sharp serious. it's all over it's on instagram now i don't know whether it's just like the algorithm serving me but i see it all over tiktok like cool chinese streetwear and it's like these like really tall like i think like, i think like people from the northern china are, are taller i think than and yep. the other people so um mental, mental. so tall so like they're all like dressed like all matching together and like mm. just look like supermodels and it's it's almost kind of, kind of gone the other way where we're fetishizing asian people as well as having like all this like racism stuff but we've also got like oh my god actually they they're not as like they're not nerdy and like you mm. know uncool look how cool these asians are and yeah. i don't know how i feel about that because is, is it like positive discrimination or is it like a good thing for Chinese people? I don't know. I think yeah. at this point, yeah, we we have like um, a lot of uh, media surrounding us. So I, I think it's going to be, it's going to have a good and it's going to have a bad effect. But the good side of it is that, you know, we can open up the conversation a, a little bit more, you know, based on these things that people are seeing. And I mean, even then, like, we don't even have the knowledge of um a lot mm. of these uh you know people who live in china and like because mm. we've been so like whitewashed here like we're, we're so used to um society and the culture here so like um even even myself you know i'm interested in those things and learning more about um, mm. our culture so really i'm i'm a, i you know i'm with them 
you know, people who are like, yeah, yeah, damn, Chinese people look cool, yeah, because because <laughs> you know I, I don't know enough. I need yeah, to know same. more. Yeah, but I think sort of any sort of positivity around China or around Asian people, it's just it can only be a good thing. Um, I don't know, but I suppose if it turns into a fetishization, then it's or like uh, then it, it's sort of different. But I mean, if that stereotype of us has always been, you know, we're docile, we're sort of nerdy. But now they're seeing us in a different light and just saying, oh, look, look at our fashion. We're just really cool. Um, we're really trendy. Like our fashion is really great. And I'm like, yeah, let's celebrate that. That's, mm. that's a great thing to, to be associated with. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like, like you said, like opening that conversation. And it's making people realize we're not monolithic. We're not all the same. And we all have, mm. there's, there's so many differences within our own communities that like, if anything yeah and I'm the same like I don't know enough about what's going on in terms of like the political world like everything that's going on in China and the CCP and and everything like that and like I think it's an education for all of us as well like recently I've noticed that like like all these words that I didn't know before like xenophobia I didn't know there was a word for like I think you mentioned this on your your latest podcast <laughs> I didn't know you and me both yeah <laughs> Like, I only recently found it out as well, and I was just pretending I had known it from day. I was just like, <laughs> yeah. I'm an expert. <laughs> yeah, we are the experts here. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, though, because people do assume, like, just because we are, like, um, Chinese, that we, we are going to know everything there is to know about racism. And really, like, we are so whitewashed. Our, well, I know certainly I am. Um, I've had to learn all of this myself. Like, it's not just, like, something that we're born with knowing in terms of, like, the vocab- vocabulary in terms of how to talk about racism towards um, East Asia, East and South these Asian people like even like the model minority myth like I didn't know there was like a it wasn't a term for that but I knew that I was like doing that or I was like upholding those those myths too in some way yeah 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 you know like I thought like being hardworking and like you know being perceived in that way was a good thing and but actually it's probably now doing way more damage than it ever has been to our communities now because no we're not just quiet and docile and submissive actually we are you know things are affecting our community and we have things to say about it um but yeah, I just I've been learning about it as I've been going along with with everything that's been going on in the world. That's it, and it's so difficult because um, you sort of grow up with these stereotypes and you sort of grow up with these ways of thinking, not realizing that it's all systemic and it's all generational that's being thrown down on you, and you you sort of do that without realizing, and it becomes sort of like an unconscious um, bias that you're kind of growing up with, mm. and it takes a lot to kind of open your eyes and kind of. I always see it as kind of like a uh, political or like social awakening that you finally start to realize that the way you've been brought up has been brought up because of social conditions or like economic conditions. Yeah. And you have to take the time out to try and unlearn all of that. And it's like a really, it's quite a grueling process actually, because you really have to face a lot of things that you thought were the norm as a child. And then now you're having to face to it and being like, wow, I'm only thinking this way because of all of these mm. social structures that, that came before before it yeah so yeah I mean I think it's great um and I think for a long time like our community in general has kind of just accepted the way things were and kind of having that political awakening um I don't know it just it just didn't happen a lot and now I kind of feel like the table the tides are turning a little bit we're becoming sort of like more politically conscious or like socially conscious yeah maybe it's come from like blm or um these sort of issues that sort of like made us realize that we need to be part of this argument as well Mm. um 
so yeah it's 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 really great to see that um because for a long time we just felt like we were kind of sleepwalking yeah. around these situations and so we weren't really taking part just because we didn't put the effort in to try and think about it and to try and um unlearn these sort of these issues mm-hmm. um but yeah it's great to see that sort of these sort of tides are turning yeah I I totally agree I think like I certainly held a lot of like internalized racism when it came to our own communities like like even when it comes to like something as trivial as like dating for example like I I dated one one Asian guy and ever and I've had like five boyfriends but then like I always hold held those views of like oh no I don't like Asian guys like they're all they're all like this and then like it's only like just thinking about everything that's going on and looking inside myself and being like, why, why do I think that way about, about Asian guys? Like, what is that? And then actually I came to the realization that that's the, those are racist thoughts that I held myself and how damaging that is. And like almost looking down on other Asian people because somehow I wasn't like other Asian people, which what, what does that even mean? You know, it's so damaging and so, you know, shameful that I had those thoughts, but you know, we, again, it's just us trying to assimilate to white culture and, and white people. I think definitely. Do that. I definitely think in terms of like the dating world, I think Asian, I think I read somewhere that sort of Asian men or Asian men and black women, like have it, the, have it the most difficult when it comes to those mm. sort of like, um, like Tinder or hinge and those sort of things. Mm. And I guess it just comes down to, um, those stereotypes that sort of Asian men are kind of asexual, um, you know, kind of nerdy, kind of slim, like unathletic, mm. those sort of um, stereotypes. And yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's just kind of, it's kind of a weird one. It's like, uh, it's kind of opposite for Asian women when it's like, oh, you see so many Asian women with like um, white men or like men of yeah. other races and it's kind of like the norm. But when it comes to Asian men, when we see an Asian man with like a white girlfriend or a black girlfriend, we're kind of like, yes, at last, at least finally yeah. there's some like interracial um, relationships going on there. So yeah, it's weird. Like um, It is weird, isn't it? When it comes to like the, the roles yeah. that we play. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah. So did you guys find that? So like um, during dating and stuff like that, like would you, would you be more inclined to date um Asian women or or what did it not really matter like would you be a kind of open to whoever I think in the um in the beginning like um a lot of the pressure was 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 from my um, parents to be Mm. you know uh do the normal marry someone who's Chinese um but Mm. um in my head you know I've always had uh you know attraction to a human being rather than, you know, um, be it focused on their colour or their skin. So um, for me, like, I always felt a weird way um, about, you know, like I would have feelings maybe for someone who's not Chinese mm-hmm. and then maybe not act upon it because, you know, in the back of my mind, I had, um, you know, my mum and my dad, you know, chanting these things like, oh, you know, you've got to be with a Chinese girl, you've got to mm-hmm. do this. But um, I think you know, as I started to grow older and started to do my own kind of um you know, awakening in terms mm. of, you know, uh, 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 how I feel about a lot of things. Um, I just I just went for it because, you know, I was like, at the end of the day, uh, I think what's important is that my mum and my dad, you know, they love me for who I am. And um, if if so be it, like, you know, I'm with somebody with another, uh, who's from another ethnicity, from another race, from another religion, and that shouldn't be an issue. 
and that's kind of the the you know the the message that I want to put out to to you know kids that I have, and so I guess I have to you know start acting on on the things that I believe in as well. So you know that's why today you know my girlfriend is actually um, you know she's mixed race. She's she's uh, she's Jamaican. She's Singaporean. She's um, uh, Argentinian. So like she's got a mix of everything. And I think at the end of it, um, you know my mum is still happy now. Like mm. she's not she's not upset that. Um, you know, that I'm not with somebody who's Chinese. Mm. Yeah, uh, it's it's one of those things where, like, my parents never really thought, like, said to us, "You need to be with an Asian person." But then they definitely said, like, when it when it came to uh, black or brown people, like, there's so much anti black and brown racism within Asian communities, yeah. and like, yeah. it's only recently that I kind of didn't confront my mum, but I kind of just had the discussion with her, and I said, like, "Why do you feel this way?" And like, let's let's really try to unpack this because. Really, it, like, I don't know who I'm going to say. And like you said, like, it very much comes down to that person, just like who they are as a human. Um, but then, I, but then again, it does, it does play into it as well. Like, I, like, I think ethnicity does now is certainly something that I consider way more just because like, I'm so worried now about like, if I date a white guy, because I've never had this conversation with race with any of my ex-white boyfriends, well, any of my ex-boyfriends, in fact. But now I feel like because of Black Lives Matter and because of all these social movements and because of the work that I'm now involved in, in terms of like the activism stuff, it's something that is now beginning and increasingly to be more important to me. If that person, whoever they are, doesn't understand what it, what it means to be a person of colour or just doesn't try to understand it's for me it's a massive deal breaker now like I've really Mm -hmm. really like added a lot to my list in terms of what I want from a guy (laughs) it's just growing and growing and growing um like because I just don't want I don't want to be exhausted into having to expend my energy into educating someone do you know what I mean I want them to be like yeah woke to understand (laughs) yeah 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 understand so I think like, whilst I don't, I would, I would never say like, oh, I would never date a white person because that would be ridiculous to say that. Um, I, I think I've been more like gravitating towards people of colour who may understand my lived experiences a bit more. But then even then, I've like, I spoke with, I put it on Instagram and I probably shouldn't have done but I spoke with one one BBC and he was saying like, oh, I don't like, um, don't like girls from mainland China. Is that really bad to say? And I was like, what do you mean? In what way? And he was just like, oh, just like they're not cool. And like, and I was like, like that's a lot of internalized mm. racism going on there, you know, for you yeah, to voice yeah, yeah. those. And I, he was almost like complimenting me like, oh, like you, I got to say you're, you're so cute though. And all this. And it's like, I'm not any better. Like you, you haven't, you can't compliment me by dissing someone else who is also it Chinese. A bit like, yeah. yeah, it's just like it's totally wrong. Like that's not the right way to go about it. Like I'm not gonna accept that's not a compliment. Like you don't need mm. to do that to try and like lift someone up is to say, well, you know, you're different from other Asian girls because you're not from mainland yeah, China yeah, yeah. and somehow that makes us better when it really doesn't at all. But like having said that, I have had those views in the past. Like I've certainly looked down on my own ethnicity before which is really horrible but like i think it's like coming to that realization of like actually that's my own ignorance talking there my own internal racism talking and i think when it comes to the asian community i think that's just an issue in general that we don't um we think we have our opinions and we have our views and it's like i'm being honest these are my views um 
and there's nothing wrong with me having an honest opinion. And it's like, great, you have an honest opinion, but you need to realize that um, these sort of opinions are being driven by mm. these social and economic um, things that have happened in your life and you don't even realize it. So I think, yeah, just people, just Asian people just need to be more woke. Like, they just need to, they just kind of need to have a more um, closer understanding of how um, racist structures and sort of like economic structures um, play in your life and how even though you think you're not a part of it, like you actually are, um, like you can't escape it. Like you might think you're trying not to, but the fact that you're this colour, the fact you're from this social background, the fact that you have this um, sort of um, wealth or whatever, all of those factors will still play a role in how you're raised. And you need to realise that Mm. they have an impact on your life and you can't just say, this is how I've lived my life. Like my opinions are honest. It's like, yeah, but how did you have those opinions in the first place? Mm. How did they form? And I don't think a lot of, a lot of us really think about it like that deeply. No. Um, so yeah, I just think just be more woke. Be more, be more woke, everyone. <laughs> that's the lesson of the day. <laughs> be more woke. Yeah. That's the thing. Like I found like it's crazy on them. Um, like these Facebook groups that I'm in on, um, on Facebook, there's this British born a British born Chinese group, and there's so much um, racism going on. I've seen the worst type of racism within those groups than I have on any other kind of social media platform or any other group. You know, towards Black people, like they're really inherently against Black Lives Matter, and there's been like so many debates within these groups, and then also with regards to our own the stuff going on within. Um, like British East and Southeast Asian communities, like the stuff that we're campaigning for with like the media depiction and how they always associate us with coronavirus, like a lot of them just still don't see the issue with it. You know, it's they still think it's completely siloed from the conversation of racism when it's it's the thing that's driving it and is the catalyst for it. Like, and it's just completely wild that they don't see the link and there's so much disparity between the two and they're calling us names like snowflakes and you're being too sensitive and all of this yeah 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 yeah. i'd rather be a fucking sensitive snowflake than a fucking left like far right fucking racist (laughs) definitely and it's just it's so frustrating because they think they're just trying to like they always just trying to rationalize everything and it's like oh there's a if you put it into context or if you just look at it this way then it's fine Mm. and it's like oh i don't know it's just it's just really difficult for them to yeah yeah something that's so abstract yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't blame them. I, I get angry about it, and I start calling names. But I don't blame them because, it, again, it comes down to the fact that we haven't been educated on it. We don't know enough about it, and so I can see why it's so easy to make these excuses for what's going on in the media. To be honest, it's not good. We're gonna play. It's just another example of us um, sleepwalking, though, isn't it? Sorry, yeah, you, yeah, you wait, let's play. We're gonna. We're gonna play. Uh, the segment of the podcast it's called how asian are you i don't know whether you you've heard it at all i'm gonna play oh uh, no <laughs> well i'm gonna play the jingle for you then oh i'm glad you've not heard it before so this <laughs> this is a this is a completely new experience for you how asian are you so this is essentially a segment where I ask you guys five questions that are stereotypically Asian. We have a bit of fun with this podcast. Um, and if you can answer yes, then you get one point. And if you don't, you don't get a point. And these questions very much 
play into the tropes and stereotypes of us being Asian, but it's a bit of fun. Um, so question number one, do you wear glasses? Yes. <laughs> yes. I get a point. You get yes. a point. What about you, Michael? I have amazing vision. I don't need to wear glasses. <laughs> do you? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll get like? a point for this, though. You get a point for doing the peace sign. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Oh, right. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm, I've got the worst vision. Now. I'm like minus 3.25 prescription or something like that. Yeah, it's about mine. Yeah. About the I, do you know what? My glasses are so similar to yours, you know. Literally, I'll show you. Shouts. Shouts. Good, like... good, good, uh, good style. Don't they look hey. the same? Gang, gang, gang. Yeah. I gang, got... gang. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, MT gets one point. Michael, um, you're on zero at the moment. Damn. Um, do you watch any K-dramas? It, 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 is this like in the past or like right now? Well, just, yeah. Have you watched K-dramas before? Yeah, hell yeah. Have you? Hell yeah. I've not started down that journey. I've uh, wa- I'm watching one. My fiance is making me watch it. It's called Descendants of the Sun. Okay. And is I hate good? to say it, but it's pretty good. Does it make you cry? <laughs> is it one that's like really emotionally like laborious? Um, no, it's it's quite lighthearted and it's quite it's quite cute seeing how their relationship kind of forms. Yeah. And it's like side there's like side relationships as well. That's not part of the main story, but that's they're really cute as well. So it's just quite a nice <laughs> heartwarming. It's just a really nice heartwarming <laughs> like watch, man. It's great. Like. You know, I, I make fun of her all the time for watching them, but yeah. she's she's reeled me in. That's <laughs> how it starts, Lam. It's on Netflix, Descendants slip. of the Ooh, Sun. Does that, okay, if, I want a nice, like, yeah, I want an easy watch because I don't want the ones that, when, like, when they make you sob. Like, I've watched, like, Korean films before and some of them are so um, fucking sad. Yeah, yeah. I can't deal with there's it. A, there's, a, there's, a, there's a zombie one um, that's a, a Korean kind of oh. drama. It's really, really good. It's an easy that's watch. It's not well, so right? Yeah, yeah, it's not so. Yeah, Kingdom. It's not so soppy. But is it's it like scary? Zombies. Uh, yeah, not really. But it's a thriller, isn't it? It's a thriller, but it's yeah. it's good. Is if it? you love zombies, it's good. I, it's, it's well worth a watch. It's got, it's the, probably the best thing I've watched on Netflix. Is it like, really on Netflix so ever? Good. Wow. Okay, that's yeah. high accolade. It's that is. So good. Yeah, love it. I'm not good with suspense, but I do want to start my my K dramas. Like I've heard about the. Have you heard of the one called It's Okay Not to Be Okay? And apparently that's very, very like you can you sob watching that. Apparently, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not ready to cry, man. I'm not ready to it's cry. On, I cry enough anyway. My um, my profile. Um, so my fiance Trang, she started watching all of these K dramas, and then now my Netflix profile was literally just all <laughs> K dramas, like every single category. Was just <laughs> I had to tell her, I was like, make your own, make your own profile. I need to cleanse my Netflix. <laughs> So, so yeah, you both get a point for that. Yay. Yay. I'm on the board. Well done. Question number Two three. One. <laughs> Two one. Two uh, one. D- do you wear matching outfits with your other half? <laughs> um, there may be occasions. Really? Like, but not on purpose. Not on purpose. It's oh. like, oh, you've, ma- you've matched colours. You've oh, matched colours. Oh, that's nice. That's cute. You it just... wasn't, like, in- intentional. Yeah, you just have definitely to not. Vibing. No, definitely with my, not with my fiance. You know the thing is, we went out the other day, mm. and then she went to the wardrobe first and picked out something with stripes, and then I picked out my jumper which had stripes, and then I put it on. And she was like, "No, you can't wear that. I'm wearing stripes." <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, so she like, got there first. 
Hey, well, here's, here's the funniest thing. Yesterday, <laughs> I picked out the same top with stripes. I got to the wardrobe first. And then she picked something with stripes. <laughs> she was like, no, this is fine. I'm wearing it. <laughs> I was like, all right, fine. <laughs> so you both so, inadvertently uh, matching. Yeah, we were inadvertently matching. But so, she, basically, she just makes the rules and I just follow. Oh, yeah. That's the, the, best, the best way in any yeah. relationship. Um, so, do, would you not like um, purposefully wear the same outfit? Do you know you see some Asian couples do that? I I would oh. now. I think it's cool. I would do it, but I don't have a boyfriend to do it with. <laughs> <laughs> so, step one: get a boyfriend. Step two: get the boyfriend. Wear first. matching outfits. Um, because give, give it some time. Give it some time. Don't force it. No, no, no! I'm gonna force it. I'm gonna. It's gonna be enforced. <laughs> you can't. I picked out your outfits. Here they are. <laughs> I've seen like um this like a an elderly Japanese couple who coordinate their outfits, and they look so cool. They're on. They're quite big on Instagram, but they they just look. Um, they look banging. Honestly, I think Japanese people just they they yeah. do the cuteness level uh, to the maximum. Like I love it. I honestly think Japanese people are just so. They're, they're so polite there's something about mm. that culture that mm. um, that they're brought they're just so and so when they get older and they're so polite and cute even actually if they're if they're rude it's even cuter <laughs> <laughs> it's like wow i didn't know you could be you could be rude because <laughs> honestly yeah yeah I, I, it's, mm. it's so it's bred into them uh you know especially if they're born in japan like it's, yeah. it's, it's beautiful it's something yeah. that we're missing here in the UK. Yeah, you're right. We are like we. Were cons- I was like speaking with my friend the other day. Like, do I do we move to Japan because everywhere else is fucked? I know moving to another country might have its own issues, but like, so let's just move to Japan because it's just so great over there. Much cleaner as well. Much <laughs> much cleaner. And I think yeah, even it's just safer, isn't it? As a woman, like just walking out out and about as a woman, apparently it's like there's barely any crime going on. Mm. Question number four. Have you ever had someone assume you can't speak English and speak really slowly to you? Oh, so sad. But yes. Oh. Really? No way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It happened very close to, to yeah, when I, was, uh, when I was young, near where I lived. Like mm. an old couple asking me for directions. I was like, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's just like uh, up there, turn left, turn right. And they were like to each other, is he speaking English? <laughs> I was like... I'm so confused. Shock, like, horror. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, what? Unbelievable. I, I'm, how? Like, I just I just said up there, to, never mind. And I just walked off. Oh, my God. That is so bad. Like, the That's fact crazy. that they continue to speak to each other in English is still assuming that you can't speak, you can't understand English. Yeah, I, I have heard that I speak quite, quite fast, though, sometimes. So, so um, <laughs> some people don't really understand, I guess. Maybe. How are they? I don't understand how they were living in London and didn't realize that. Yeah, exactly. Someone of color could just speak English fluently. Yeah, it's ridiculous. No matter how old you are, that's just the fucking woeful wolf, that is. Yeah. It's terrible. But, but uh, technically, that does actually happen as well in other countries. Like when you go to like Asia, like they, because I look so Chinese, they mm. assume I speak Chinese straight away. So I'm spoken to in Chinese, and yeah. they don't expect me to speak English. It's so confusing yeah. for everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's baffling. Just, you can't it's win. It's so baffling. What about you, Michael Lam? Have you had that happen to you? I've got to say, it hasn't really happened to me. Because mm. you look Bulgarian. <laughs> yeah, maybe they think they just think I'm European. 
<laughs> I think I have, but you know, like without it even being like um, obvious, but like I'll see, like I'll be in like Morrison's and they'll say something like really loudly and very clearly to me. And then they'll see the white person next to me and then just be like, oh yeah, just a picture. You know, like more like yeah, yeah. less overtly obvious that they were speaking English. Yeah, I found that. And I feel like I almost make a point now of being like, oh, you're right. You know, like speaking more English. Put that more, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, to try and prove like no, I can speak English. So okay, so 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 far, um, Michael Trung has got one, two, three, one, two, three points, and Michael Lam, you are on one point at the moment. Um, last question, question number five: Has someone that's non-Asian ever called you cute before? Yeah, yeah, but that uh, yeah. that's a whole different problem. Okay, yeah, in what way? <laughs> like. Um... There, uh, yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess, like uh, friend zone. When you get when you get friend zone, oh. you get called cute. Yeah, yeah. That's right. a whole different problem. You don't think it's yeah. <laughs> Do not think it's it's like an Asian problem as well. Like there, that I definitely think that happens a lot more to to females um, mm. of of Asian heritage. But uh, yeah, I get friend zoned often. So, <laughs> so yeah, well, in, in in my past, so yeah, cute was was the was the yeah. So sad. Let me get the violin now. No. <laughs> Oh, what about you, Michael? Um, yeah, I've had it a few times. I've always just taken it as a compliment rather than a, than a sort of really. I've just been like, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> Cheers, I'll take that. Because I think, like, uh, with um, in American culture, like call, calling someone cute is like calling someone like attractive and like you might fancy them. Whereas over here, it's like, oh my god, I'm so cute. Like, I'm so like. You know, I, I I don't I don't I don't like it that much. I don't think I don't think I like that word. I don't take that as a compliment, really. Yeah, there are some sort of um, belittling, patronising undertones. Yeah, to that word. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, oh, it we're depends so small on semantics, really. Yeah, yeah. Now does. I'm seeing now I'm seeing all them compliments all over again, in like a whole new light. <laughs> <laughs> You're being friend zoned. Damn. <laughs> Welcome to sadness. Didn't even realise. <laughs> So, so I Mike... just now. Oh no, I'm sorry. No, you, you keep those compliments. It's good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, Lam, MC... you're so cute. You're so cute. One, two, three, four. MC has four points, and um, Michael Lamb has won two points. Yay! Well done. <laughs> you so Asian, Michael. Yeah, so... boy. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at this hair. Look at this hair. Full on Asian. Is this lockdown hair, or is this like just a? This, this is this is. Uh, I'm, I'm going. I'm you know. I'm trying to be as Chinese as possible. Fu Manchu, <laughs> full on kung fu master. Might as well. Like, if you can't beat him, join him. Yeah. That's it. I might as well be as Chinese as possible. <laughs> no, it's cool though. It's cool. Do you find it like you have to like style it now? Like it's a bit longer and look after it more. Um. I'm I'm waiting until I get to Chinese emperor level. Viv, you don't need to be so polite have, about how cool it is. Yeah, yeah, have the have the have the top knot here. You and, can just and speak then, your feelings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you hate no, it, I don't hate it. You do you. I genuinely, <laughs> I don't hate it. I don't love it. It's your hair. You can do what you want. It's Michael, very true. do you not? Very what, true. what do you? How do you feel about? I think it's. I think um I think it's good. It's cute, you, you, it's cute. You, you can uh <laughs> you just want to do what you want with your hair and not care i think it's great that you have that um 
empowered to do whatever you want with your hair. So exactly. Good on you. Cheers, cheers, cheers. I appreciate that. I don't need your permission. Are you going <laughs> to grow so long that you can plait it like like the best? Uh, yeah, I've done. I've, I've 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 done. I've done a couple of plaits. Still, well, not me, yeah. but the missus has. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm hoping. I'm hoping to get one of those uh, uh, braided tails. <laughs> Michael, you know what I think you should do. You know, like yeah. Wong Feihong, he has. Yeah. He has a tied up ponytail. Yeah. But the and top bit is the... like a receding hairline. <laughs> That's that's so I think you should do oh, that. No. I think you should shave it to about here. Yeah, hundred percent. Like 100%. zero bald cut, and then grow the yeah. rest. Oh, and then like all all like a ponytail from from the, the back here. Yeah, yeah that's a lot. No, I'm yeah. on it. I'm on it. I'm on yeah. it. I think that's a, yeah the Wong Fei Hong look. I think that's a really good idea. Look great. <laughs> that's see that's on all of <laughs> I can't wait to see that. Wonder whether you'd be more typecasted in role in certain roles. Because uh, do you know hair. what? I haven't even I haven't really been getting uh, a lot of roles before when I had short hair. Um, <laughs> so I thought I thought let me switch it up. And as I started to get longer hair, I started to get more roles. Seriously? So, um, it's yeah, it's working in my advantage. That's it's working in my advantage. Yeah, what, yeah, it's it's very strange. Do you think it's setting you apart from the the other? I don't know. It's just it's just setting you apart. For so, are you going? Is it like certain roles that you're going for? Like, is it East Asian specific roles, or is it just? I, I literally go for what I can get because I'm broke. Mm. So you know, <laughs> acting acting work. You know, let let alone because because of COVID. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think there's been a real push for BAME stuff. Like this week's been fantastic for me. So um, I'm quite I'm quite lucky. But hopefully these auditions go through. But mm. yeah, maybe it, maybe it's the new look. Um, maybe it's just me, and I, I'm bringing it towards myself doing more work. And I just don't know. Maybe mm. I feel more confident with longer locks. <laughs> Yeah, who knows? Who knows? combination who of knows? everything together. Well, it's good to see. It, it really is good to see that there's more, there's more um, like roles for marginalised people because I think that's like a, it can only be a good thing. Have you seen the? Um, there's been a bit of an outrage on Twitter with like the the new the Singaporean grip, the new ITV series that's come out. No, there's a new series. Yeah. I've seen. Well, I've seen the ads on Twitter, which look horrific. It looks yeah. It's fucking... like terrible just completely whitewashed um mm. show set in an asian country it's just yeah oh damn yeah because it's, it's focusing again on like the white gaze in terms of like british colonization in singapore and it come it has one um singaporean actress isn't it who's basically the love interest and just kind of like boiled down to the fact that she's she's just fetishized and seen as like the the, ob- the sexual object in this whole series there's been quite a lot of outrage about it within like the media world i think yeah and it's it's the fact the trailer just makes it look like a soap opera around white people like the fact mm. that it's set in singapore is just kind of an exotic add-on just to make it slightly more unique than the normal british soap opera like mm. love drama that you would normally see like um I ain't yeah. got time for it. Like, ain't got time for it at all. That's so baffling. It is baffling, isn't it? Like, really wrong time to release something like that. I feel like they feel like, yeah, we're doing a great job. You know, we're bringing more representation to Singapore. And it's like, no, you'd, you've done it totally wrong. You, yeah. Like, it's just been white people in a room who've written something thinking, this is going to be so great. And yeah. It's, yeah. It's not. That's the sort of thing... Because I just think um, 
Asian right like we, there's so much culture and so much stories around Asian culture, but none of it ever gets told. Mm. That's something that I'm really keen to see. Not just um, a diversity of sort of different actors and actresses in the space, but actually those people telling our stories and actually having stories re- revolve around mm. Asian people and like Asian culture. It's yeah. like something we don't see enough of. It's, yeah. Do you find that, um, Michael, when you're kind of auditioning for roles that, that the writers have been uh, are not people of colour? Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Like you, you just read the lines and like, wow, this is awful. Mm. Or, um, you know, even the way that you're named in the in the you know in the script is like, uh, you know, I've had a script that just come to me, and then the 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 name for my character, who's a Chinese American, is just Chi. It's just Chi. They just took off the knees on on Chinese. Oh. Um, oh. But but the the other character has a has a normal name, but yeah. my name's just Chi. So, and so, yeah, it, it happens yeah. so bloody often, but you know, um, you're, you, I, I'm in a weird position in, mm. in, in the sense that like, oh, if you pipe up and you say something, then yeah. um, are you are you at the risk of losing that job yeah. as well? Um, so yeah. it's a really thin line to tread on. And yeah. like, obviously the, the, the this world is like who you know, what mm. rather than um, what you know. So mm. this is really, really tough to tread that line and then be like, okay, there's, at this point, like where do I join uh, draw a line in the sand and say no nah, enough is enough yeah of course yeah and I think I think like it you kind of almost have to play the game a bit you know you have to play the system and play the game otherwise you for fear of like ostracizing yourself from you know something that you want to be a part of um so you know it's 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 probably it's so easy for people to be like nah protests just don't go for those roles don't do it but then actually it's like but you at the same time you have to make a living you know like it's it's unfair yeah 100 yeah. Yeah, yeah 100% I mean I'm I'm, I'm totally an, an advocate for change mm. and and everything but um yeah I'm in a difficult position where it's just like okay mm. would you rather have me starve to death yeah no, exactly I think all of these things have to take time and it's like our position in the whole space you know the fact that you don't have any sort of like Asian producers or Asian writers or Asian directors are really the ones that are able to call the shots to say this is something I want to commission this is something um that I want to have created um there's just not enough of that in this in this space mm. and I think especially when it comes to actors we don't really have any actors that have that sort of power um to say I want to we should have more roles we should have more of this just because there isn't enough of us in that space to, to make an influence right now so yeah I totally feel for you Michael because you do sort of have to play the game just because mm. um, in terms of our influence, it just isn't that high. Um, we just need to, we just need to keep um, battling, keep um, trying to get more writers, more directors, more actors, and sort of build sort of like an influence within that space where we are able to have enough of an, of an influence to say, no, we need more of our stories or more of our mm. representation. Yeah. I mean, that's um, exactly why we did respect the mic. Um, mm. You know, why we got together yeah, exactly. to, to, to really, like, we feel so happy that, that we've inspired, you know, so many people to, to, mm. to actually just go on and get that conversation started because that's where it's really going to um, start yeah. to happen is actually talking about it first. And so, um, yeah, man, it's a, it's, a, it's a great time. And I feel, I feel positive for the future. Mm. I feel like there yeah. is going to be a lot more change coming. Um, so Something... it's, in, it's in waves. Yeah, yeah. I Something so. I feel really passionate about is um, it's just getting more creatives in, within that space. And because if you're growing up and you see a story about Asian people, 
from a young age, that's going to inspire you to realize that we are on the map. Um, you know, um, like in America, you had um, crazy rich Asians. You had um, you've got Asian writers within the space. Alan Yang, who um, wrote the the sitcom Master of None by Aziz Ansari, um, mm. he's recently created a feature film called Tiger Tail. Um, so having more creatives within the space and not just not just writing stories for white people, but actually writing stories that are about us, like mm. our stories and our representation actually on screen. I think that can have so much of an impact to younger generations who grow up watching, oh my God, I watched this amazing da-da-da-da-da, and it was so, I can relate to it so much. But us as kids growing up, we really didn't really have that. I mean, no. the most we got was kind of like Mulan or like Jackie Chan movies. Yes. Um, do you know what I mean? But nothing... Imagine like a British story that was about um, a young girl or a young guy coming of age, living in a takeaway shop, like their experiences and how they grew up um, and seeing that on screen. Like mm. how incredible would that be? Mm. Um, but they just, I don't know, there just yeah. isn't that uh, enough space in, the, in that sort of field. Um, so it's something that I really want to push. I just want to see more creatives in that space, mm. sort of creating art um, and creating stories that we can see in the media. Um, yeah. To me, that's something that can be really powerful. That that can be like a real catalyst to, because not everyone's political. Not everyone no. wants to um, be politically awake and sort of go through all that grueling emotional process. But mm. everyone wants to watch a movie that's relatable to them. Yeah, everyone wants to watch um, sort of a TV series that they can relate to. Um, but we just don't, we just don't have that for us. Mm. Um, and I think that's something I'd really want to drive. That's something I'd want to see more of. I just want to see more Asian writers, more Asian directors, you know, mm. um, more of those sort of people in that space. Yeah. No, I think that's a really good point. And I think that's why what you two are doing are so great. The OGs in the British <laughs> Chinese podcasting space. So it's been so great to have you on. I think that's a really nice note to end on is that like with, we are doing more. There's more people of our generation doing more now to contribute to the space, whether it be academically, politically or like creatively. It all helps and it all feeds back into each other. So, you know, thank you so much for bringing your podcast to the world because it's been it's been really, really good for me to just listen to other people who I can relate to. It's, it's so important. But yeah, I think I think we'll end it here. But it's been great having you both on. Well, thank you so much for having us on. Um, It was a great time chatting. And yeah, in terms of the podcast, which is really great that we're really thankful that people are listening to it and that it's actually started something and more people are trying to get into the space and because that's just what we need. We need more Mm. voices. Um, So yeah, I think think it's been really good to see. We do. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) Dancing on camera. Love it. Yeah, you know what? It's it's amazing. Um, just keep going, guys. Keep 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 supporting. Keep keep, keep talking, really, mm. because um, the the more demand there is for these things, ah, sorry, the more demand there is um for these things, then the the more they're actually gonna try to create. Um, people are gonna create that that content um out there, but you, you know, I really just see that lack of community sometimes. Um, mm. we really need to to jump on the back of. Of, of something that you know we're really really proud of and, and really hype it and really push it yeah. um so yeah this whole podcast space is still so so young in especially yeah. in the uk so yeah, yeah guys let's just get a conversation going let's have a chat <laughs> whoop, whoop. <laughs> whoop, whoop. 
<laughs> love that. Oh, yeah, well, thank you so much again. Um, and I'll pop all like the links in the, the show notes for everyone to check out.